Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. I actually got it right that time. I feel like last time I did that intro, I completely botched it. Uh, sitting across from me digitally, Frankie Cardicelli. Uh, I was going to try and make, I, was, I, I didn't do it. I was going to try and make a joke about how uh, you made like an NFT like DeMarcus did the other day, but I, I, it, it didn't come to it's, me. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's, an a, it's an A for effort. A yeah. for effort. But, uh, uh, that was like a D, if I'm being honest. I, 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 that's D for damn, that sucked. Yeah, I mean, you know, D for DeMarcus. <laughs> sending. Hey, there we go. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so sad, like in a, a time where there's not much news and we are seeing the Ben Simmons stuff being regurgitated all over, not just Sacramento media, all over the NBA people. That's all anyone is really talking about right now. Um, DeMarcus Cousins said, hey, everyone, and sent King's Twitter into a frenzy by posting uh, what turned out to be an, an NFT emoji. I don't even I don't even think that's been confirmed. I think it's just. No, it is. He, he posted a video uh, yesterday. It said, uh, like, I'm proud to, like, you know, introduce my bit. I don't know anything about NFTs. I, it's something that people have to explain to me again and again and again. Uh, good for him, I think, because I think that's, he's going to make some money. That's 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 exciting. Uh, but the the picture he posted, of course, is in a King's jersey uh, uh, yeah. unofficially. So uh, purple. Yeah. Yeah, I mean purple number fifteen. It's purple I'll... fifteen. Yeah, it's it's he was zero, I think, in New Orleans, and then yeah, uh, I don't think he wore fifteen when he was. Did he even play a game for the Lakers? I don't think he did play a single game no. for the Lakers. He never played a game for the Lakers. He would have been fifteen with them. I want to say he wore fifteen with the Rockets. Uh, oh, Golden State, Golden State, he was zero as well. I Golden think. State, he was zero. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, for one night, for one, I'll say like for an hour to two hours, people really were thinking, oh my oh, God. Oh, some real buzz. Did people they bring him in for a training camp? camp? Yeah. but Which also made me think, and, uh, you know, shout out one of my friends who, who pointed this out. Like, I mean, if Boogie would have gotten a, a training camp invite, wouldn't you rather give Boogie minutes over like Alex Len? Granted, they're doing different things like Boogie's going to try and come in and, and obviously score and prove he's still got it. But, you know, like it's it, if he's it's, available and we're talking like, I, I don't know, but role you, role definitely matters in this. Alex Len. Alex Len is, is very unsexy. You could make a case, I think. But like I would say the Kings need Alex Len because of his defense. You could make a case if you want to play Boogie over Tremezi Metu, like if it's like go. eight, eight, nine minutes a game. Uh, especially a boogie who looked decent with the Clippers last year. Uh, if he could come back and be that kind of guy, I don't see why it's a bad thing. The Kings, though, the only problem, and I said it the, the hour it was really, when Boogie put that picture out and Kings Twitter was going on, on fire, was the Kings have so many centers, so, so many. Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Damian Jones, uh, Namias Kata, uh, Chimezi Metu technically could play center. Uh, Tristan Thompson's on the roster. There's there's too many options, and I just figured if they did ask him, it'd be a training camp deal. Alas, that is not the case. Boogie is still on the market, uh, but it was fun for one night to envision, De- you know, Demarcus Cousins and De'Aaron Fox sharing the floor. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I think we'll get one of those. I don't. Let's hope. Let's hope it doesn't end up being like a Willie Cauley Stein reunion. Stop but it. I just feel like. 
you know, at some point we're going to get a nice, I mean, Tyreek already had his swan song with us. You know, he, he came back for the most, uh, you know, actually the, the random Tyreek number 32 stint wasn't that bad. No, he played well. He was pretty decent. He Uh, played very well. Is Tyreek Evans still suspended? He's he's eligible to come back this season. This season, he is eligible to return. It's been two seasons. Uh, That second stint with the Kings, by the way, uh, he was coming off a pretty lackluster start in New Orleans, and he 14 games with the Kings, 11 points a game, 3.6 boards, 2.4 assists. He translated that into a pretty decent season the next year, didn't he? With the Grizzlies, I think, if I'm not mistaken. With the Kings, he shot 43% from three. which is pretty crazy. And then, yeah, the next year with, with the Grizzlies, he had like that comeback. Like he could have, I think he was up for comeback player of the year. He had 19 points yeah. a game, five rebounds, five assists, almost 25 and five again. Hello. Um, and then the next year with Indiana, he kind of was off and then he got busted for uh, bad things. Off, off. Yeah. Bad, bad. Yeah. He was off, off. So um, that was fun for a night. <laughs> and now we're back to, just uh, the end of the very, very end of the off season. How you feeling? I'm ready, man. I am ready to see, like, I'm done speculating. I'm done thinking, like, what is this roster going to be? It's obviously upsetting that it's not much change from from anything we've seen the past two seasons, because that's really what this team is. It's like a, a marriage of they're just missing like Kent Bazemore. They replaced Mo Harkless. I think we've talked about this, but they replaced Bo Harkless with a, or Kent Bazemore with Mo Harkless. And it's just kind of like a marriage of the last two years. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just ready to see. Like we we don't you know we we've talked countless times about we don't expect this team to be anything terribly special you know we don't think that this team is going to compete for uh, a top six seed by any means but can they actually come out and, and fight and fight for that eight seed because that's what it's going to have to be it's not going to be a situation where oh they underperform and uh, they guess they they they'll settle for the nine or ten seed like this team is going to have to play their absolute best in order to like survive and get an, an eight seed. Yeah. I think that you can't really look at this roster right now and say they're bad. I don't think you can say this is a bad team. I think you can make a case. They haven't greatly improved, but if you're going to sit there and tell me, Hey, the Sacramento Kings have a bad team, a bad roster and the, the talents aren't there. That's just not true. Uh, if, if this team is healthy on, night one of the regular season, the excuses are not to be a championship contender, but to compete for a top 10 seed in the West. There's not really much excuses you can make for the team. Um, Especially now that when you look at the depth, we talk about it over and over the, while they didn't go and acquire an all-star yet. I mean, who knows the Ben Simmons stuff. We'll get to that later. Uh, But while they didn't acquire an all-star talent, which is what so many of us predicted, I think even James Hamm, a couple of people we had on over the off season predicted the Kings would acquire an all-star. They didn't do that, but they did upgrade the bench because we talked about it before when you subtract the Glenn Robinson, the Hassan Whites, and the Corey Josephs, and you insert the Davion Mitchells, the Alex Len, Mo Harkless, Terrence Davis. Uh, it's an improved team, and it's it's something that Kings fans maybe excited isn't the right way. Like, it's excited for basketball to return. 
I'm excited to watch the team and see how they play. I know it's not a great opening to a season. The, the schedule's tough, but hey, the roster's improved. It is improved, and yeah, we we've talked about that countless amount of times, and it, it's it it's it's just time. Like it's it's time to to unwrap the the present, unwrap the box, and and let 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 the mountain play because. Um, yeah, there's also just, we've talked, we will get into it as the season goes on, but there's just so many implications for this year, whether it be, I mean, we're going to have to, uh, see what happens with Marvin Bagley's situation. You know, he's, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Will they, will he himself prove himself worthy of another contract? Will the Kings try and preemptively do something? Will Marvin even play obviously is a huge storyline. Uh, the, the develop we'll, we'll get it. I think we're going to do a little, by, you know, a stock up, stock down kind of segment later. But, you know, is Tyrese Halliburton going to make a significant leap this year? Will De'Aaron Fox make a significant leap this year? These are all things that we can continue to talk about. But, um, you know, it's just we're not even we're, we're not even in the preseason yet. And we're, we're going we're we're so, so close to seeing something tangible to actually talk about. <laughs> I'm I'm. Um, that's what I'm most excited for too is that to, to have something to tangibly talk about because it's been it's it's really it, tough to essentially talk into the air. We're just you know when you when you're just speculating all summer, um, we've had more you know the Kings have had boring summers before. This was by no means a boring summer. It ended up being a non-eventful summer, um, but you know the storylines were there from start to finish, and. Uh, it it's just it, it's, it was it's like, time it's time for us to talk about something that's real instead of talking about I I think the the fir- our first topic of the off season was you know is Damian Lillard a possibility like you know it, that's for us to go from there to where we are now and have nothing like I, it's just been a wild I, off season I'm ready, I, I'm ready for other things I'd say it was one big week the the big week being draft week when the Buddy Heald rumors were flying and then the trade was agreed upon. And then fell through and then the draft was the next day. Outside of that, there hasn't really been any, oh my God, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the Kings winning in summer league was fun to watch. That was, that was cool. And I think everyone was pretty engaged for that. And yeah, it, I enjoyed watching summer league basketball. It, I had a good time watching Davion Mitchell, uh, Emmanuel Terry, those guys, but it's, it's been tough. Like you said, this, this summer we have kind of, it's been talking into the void kind of wasting our breath at times even talking about all these hypothetical scenarios that uh we know damn well we're not going to happen or are still not going to happen if you look at how things are still going on with ben simmons uh but it's it's i'm very very excited we just got off you know our weekly meeting and we have media day coming up and i just Mm -hmm. was super excited just to i think it'll feel real once we're we're there at the arena basketball we back we'll know it preseason starts i think not next week, a week from next Wednesday. You should know, I, man. Don't you have the countdown? Oh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think 11 days, there we 11 go. days, 11 days. Well, there's no one that's good. That was number 11. So like, it doesn't really work tomorrow though. Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby. Yeah. I was trying Nick to Stauskas. Yeah. Come on, man. What's wrong? Oh yeah. No, Nick was 10. He wasn't. He was 10. He would have worn 11. I think 11's retired. Uh, Anywho. Anyway. Um, anyway, uh, well, here's an interesting question. Um, who would you add? This is just a, I'm throwing this out there just right now. It's podcast talk. Who's the next Sacramento King to have their number retired? Do you think he's on the team right now or is it someone in the future? 
Well, I mean, obviously, DeMarcus is not getting his number retired. And he statistically probably, um, I don't want to say should, but, um, you know, if they had success, DeMarcus probably would. The only one now would be De'Aaron. Um, Tyrese, I guess, is 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 a possible shout, but that's that's really. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say no. You say nobody. I'm gonna well, say no. you look at the it this Kings way. Do, do pass it out like hotcakes. I mean, it, they do. It's like they're like the, the Yankees the or something. Is, I mean, yeah, it 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 all correlates to success. I mean, you know, Demarcus obviously, like I said, he's not getting his number retired because the team just wasn't successful. He himself was incredibly successful, but, um, you know, if, if the Kings aren't going to be, you know, if they, if they end up pulling a, a grindhouse type of legacy out of them, you know, where they're scrappy and get a couple, you know, maybe one conference final or a deep. Like Zebo. Zebo yeah, has his number retired like by Exactly. Like by I think Memphis. Tony Allen also is about yep. to get his number retired. So that's kind of similar to like, you know, the Vladi getting his number retired kind of thing. I'm hey, more saying I don't. <laughs> I, and I was thinking about this the other day. I can't remember if a local it might have been a local media outlet saying it, or it might have been a national. I can't remember. So I apologize if I'm taking this from somebody locally and, and not giving credit. But do you think the Kings will like win a playoff series in the next three years? Um, No. Five. Yes. Okay. It's just tough because, like, you so think. Hope so. <laughs> it's just three years, it seems so. Like De'Aaron Fox will still have, I think, two seasons on his deal. Tyrese Halliburton will be like probably on the first year of his rookie extension. I mean, that's not three years isn't that far away. It's just kind of like. But also I that see, means three years of them not winning a playoff series. Like well, that this is, is three the, more seasons of. I mean, like, I, I feel well, like if you, if you tell somebody that, like, I feel like if that is if your answer is no, and I, I don't disagree with you. I think at that point you need to consider shaking something up because I'm being pessimistic though. I don't think you are. I feel like, I mean, unless you're like a fanatic of the Kings, I don't think a majority, I for sure know a majority of Kings fans wouldn't say yes. I feel like they would, I feel like they would be more pessimistic. I feel like they would say like, no, I don't think how, that how nothing could we in not? this team's past says that this team's future is looking bright. Well, you think, I, you think yeah. it's, 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 it's fabric. It's in our DNA though. Like it's, I don't think any, if you're a Kings fan, you're sitting there saying, Oh hell yeah. They're winning the playoff series this year. Next year. It's like, Hey, I want to be where you are. Uh, but I mean, it's if, also it, not it, easy to win a playoff series. No, it's no, 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 no. And especially in the Western conference and how competitive it is. Look, I, I think we've said it before. We, the Kings are close. They could make the play in this year. They could make the playoffs even. Who knows? I think that they're they're closer than not than uh than not. Like I think they are close to being a team that could be in the playoffs, but I think that's still the one thing they need. I was telling my friend about this morning. It's like the that that big piece. They need that big piece to come in. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know who who it is or when it's coming or how, but De'Aaron Fox, great, great, great piece. Tyrese Halliburton. Hopefully he proves this year he can have that kind of CJ McCollum like jump. I know that we hear that name a lot with him. Just kind of make that jump being like an 18 and five, 18 and six type player. Uh, but they, they need that third big piece. Kind of what I think Dallas was envisioning 
Harrison Barnes and they signed him years ago. Like we need that, that wing that's going to drop 25 a game. Uh, like that. We need like a, a veteran, like a, a prime DeMar DeRozan type player. Like we need one of those guys. Well, the thing is though, those guys don't just grow on trees. And nope. I mean, if, if I'm trying to think of young in the timeline forwards that fit that description, I don't know why, but to me, the only real one that comes up that I could see being a superstar is Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, the Bulls have hope for Patrick Williams. We'll see about, you know, what position Cade ends up being. Obviously, obviously, you have to mention the L word. Stop. Uh, you know, I, I, I those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, my bigger point is I, and I was thinking about this earlier and it kind of ties into the whole um, Kings will be not spectacular thing, but at the most verse, and I talk about small forward position all the time, but at the most versatile position that you can, you know, at the three position is needs to be your most fluid guy. Like he needs to be able to guard the point guards or athletic enough to guard the smaller guards, but big enough to also contest, you know, the, the Paul Georges of the world. Um, and the guys that the Kings have at that position, the most valuable, versatile position are Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless. There's nothing wrong with either of those two guys, but they're kind of the definition of like an average guy. Like there's nothing there's nothing spectacular about either of those two guys. Like they're not really going to jump into like you're saying like that upper echelon of player I don't think Harrison Barnes is you know Harrison Barnes at the start of last season was probably the closest that we're going to get to um you know them raising their their skill level like I don't think Mo Harkless is going to come out next year and be a 38 percent three-point shooter and average eight points a game or whatever like that um I don't know it's just interesting to me that the Kings are going so guard heavy and so big heavy, but yet well, kind of forgetting about the middle. The NBA is changing, and and I think we all know that. But I think they're they, maybe the way they're looking at it is we have those two guys, and and we have the guys that can guard the the KDs and LeBrons, and maybe that's enough. Uh, I think three years ago, Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless were like, holy hell, like that's a pretty that's yeah. a pretty nice one two right there for the starting and bench small forward, but. And they're both still good players. Harrison Barnes had a career year last year. He's 29 years old. There's no reason for me to, to sit here and think he's not going to be productive this year. Mo Harkless did a good job filling in for Harrison down the stretch last Harkless year. Like 27, 28. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. They're both not. They're both young. You could say, and they're either entering their prime or in their prime. Um, but basically, the Kings. In order for me to answer that that question, the point of will they win a playoff series? They need another just all-star they need not another they need a all-star talent darren fox i believe they have one already i don't know if he'll crack the all-star team this year but um yeah it's 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 just tough if you ask me unless if there's a gun to my head and you're asking me will the kings win a playoff series by 2025 i'm or 2024 i'm just gonna say no because Mm -hmm. i don't i don't i don't have any reason to think that's gonna happen yet i mean davion mitchell could come out and be Better than we anticipate. He and Tyrese and De'Aaron could be a three-headed monster. You never know. Marvin Bagley could put it together and have a, a 21-10 year, and then the Kings give him an extension. Who knows? We're going to find all that out because that's the whole Can't point wait. of this offseason. Yeah, the offseason. Yeah, it just let's stop talking about all these hypotheticals and let's see what the hell happens when when the ball, you know, 
ball gets rolling. Speaking of something that we've seen once the ball gets rolling, um, there was we didn't get to touch on this because last week we we did like kind of a special episode with Matt. Um, the De'Aaron Fox versus Lonzo Ball uh, debate that raged pretty heavily for a couple days. Uh, it, it really didn't make any sense um, for those who didn't see it or haven't heard. We're definitely late on this, so we won't spend too much time. But uh, I believe it was Bleacher Reports. Andrew Bailey made. Uh, or is doing redrafts for the past couple drafts, uh, NBA drafts, obviously. And uh, in his redraft, he had Lonzo Ball going third in the 2017 NBA draft and had, I believe, De'Aaron Fox going fifth. Um, So essentially saying that in a redraft, he would take Lonzo Ball over De'Aaron Fox, projecting his excuse. He was on the Carmichael Dave show. He said uh, he was projecting forward a little bit. Uh, but also like acknowledge that De'Aaron's a better scorer uh, has had more success. It was, it was very strange, but uh, just in general, what are your general thoughts? I know you obviously think De'Aaron is a better player than Lonzo, but um, you know, that was such a big, big discussion point when, with both of them coming in to their uh, rookie seasons, just kind of what, what are your thoughts on how that whole thing has played out? Yeah. It, it just seems like clickbait. I, I read the article there's so many people that you kind of come across that are still, I don't know what the pro Lonzo. I, I mean, I don't even know that Lonzo's yeah. a good basketball. Lonzo's a good player. N- no one is saying that he's a bad player. And I, I kept seeing this also in the way people were responding to the post we put up for KHDK.com where people were just dragging this guy. Like I felt bad for Andy Bailey because they're just <laughs> dragging him. And he, I mean, I mean the, don't put out dumb stuff like that. Like, well, he, he, I think he came on with Dave Carmichael, Dave yeah. to kind of like not say sorry, but kind of it just was. It was in my opinion, it was a disaster. He shouldn't have done <laughs> it. It just it, it kind of made it worse. But I think at this point, if you're saying you'd rather have Lonzo Ball than De'Aaron Fox, you're just trolling. I don't know if there's any other way you can slice it. If you're saying truthfully, and I don't like, and I think that was the biggest like the way he was reasoning was, oh, Lonzo six foot six, he can guard multiple positions. Uh, That's okay, great. but like again, we're not talking like their prospects anymore. Like these are ten. Like it's great that Lonzo's six six, but he doesn't play small forward or anything. Like he still plays no. the position he's he's playing. I'm not saying he can't guard bigger positions than De'Aaron, but it's just it's his he's logic saying, was very flawed. Like he's yeah, they have more. They 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 average the same amount of assists per game, but Lonzo's better court vision. Then why doesn't he have more assists? I, I just that's just the, the one thing I just don't really understand. It's like okay, maybe Lonzo can make more flashy passes than De'Aaron, but De'Aaron doesn't need to do that. He's productive by making just the right pass. He doesn't have to be flashy and drop full court dimes. He'll hit people on the break or drop it to Rashawn for a push shot. It, it if you want to say Lonzo's more flashy, okay, give him that gold star then. That's fine. But you can't sit there as a member of the media a big a big big outlet like bleacher report and put something out there that says lonzo ball should be drafted ahead of De'Aaron fox in 2021 it just does not make sense yeah i mean his argument i it's not apples for apples apples to apples whatever but it's like it'd be like saying i would rather have draymond green than clay thompson because draymond does it all and, you know, he can guard one through five and does all this stuff. And Clay's great. And, yeah, he has more points than Draymond, but and he can shoot better than Draymond. But that's all he does. And, like, I like the fact that Draymond does it all. 
I don't know. Very strange. Very strange. Very, very strange logic. But uh, obviously, I, I, we are we are Team De'Aaron Fox in this situation. I think I think a majority of people. I a majority of people are Team De'Aaron Fox. It's just. Well, I'm curious. Curious. I'm curious what. Uh, that was my Charles Barkley coming out. Curious, but, uh, Kenny. I, I'm, that's just terrible. So, I mean, so I'm curious. Uh, what what national or not national, but just, you know, what, what people outside of Sacramento would say about that, because I kind of feel like Darren gets not a bad rap, but people really still aren't woke to how ridiculous Darren Fox is. Like they, they probably see his numbers and are like, Oh, he's like Colin Sexton or something where it's like, yeah, he's putting up 20 a game, but his team's not winning. And how good are you really? If you're a guy who's putting up a bunch of points for a team that sucks, which I get, but it's also like you clearly don't watch. It's unfortunate because well, we but just say you don't watch. We watch basketball for months every year with, with the Sacramento Kings at home on the couch. We watch all these these great talents all over the league. We have league league pass. We watch NBA basketball, Chris, you and I both. But then we have a job where we cover the Kings. And also, like we're fans deep down in our in our roots. We we are fans of the Kings. So while it might come off as biased. We watch De'Aaron Fox on a nightly basis, and we know what he can do. And we also watch what the other guys can do in the league, those other premier guards. So it does kind of, like, piss me off a little bit when people sit there and they – it's just like the Sacramento. People are biased yeah. against Sacramento. Like, do you think a majority of people outside of Sacramento would take D'Angelo Russell or De'Aaron Fox? I think a lot of people would take D'Angelo Russell, which is yeah. the problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a, yeah. Can't even it's a problem. Darren has averaged 25 and seven. I just, I just don't know what more he has to do, which is kind of a good way to, to transition into the, the stock thing. We were going to, the, are you buying stock, yes. selling stocker? Because the way I'm looking at it with, with Darren Fox is we'll do a buy, if, sell, hold. How about that? So we're not talking exact stocks. Yeah, we're, we're not, we're, I'm not really a stock market guy, but <laughs> as far as are we buying, so, buying, selling, or holding on De'Aaron Fox stock, I'm buying because yeah. The jump he made last year, he still yeah. had room. He still had room to improve. He mm-hmm. he could have shot better from the three point line. He could have shot better from the free throw line. Um, this guy could have averaged thirty a game last year if he would have shot a little better from both of those aspects. So, um, I I just think that's what's going to take for him to get the the recognition he deserves is, is winning number one, number two, keeping that production going forward. Yeah, I would. To, to highlight the two points you made, like I think if he shoots better from the free throw line, you talked about it all the time last year. If he were to make, if he were to shoot like not because there was points where he was shooting like 60%. If we were just saying he could shoot 75 or 80%, not even something crazy. Like I think Steph Curry's at like 96% or something like that. Like we're just saying baseline free throw shooting. He would be at 27, 28 points a game. Easy. Just off that, just off, just playing the same game he plays now but making the free opportunities, just doing that. And then the second thing would be the thing that I would say Kings fans criticized him a lot for until he started showing it throughout this season. You really saw it develop was his aggressiveness. He would not, it didn't seem like Darren Fox knew he was the best player on the court and he could score at any time he wanted. And we saw, especially in those new Orleans games where he would drop 40 and 50 points that when he is aggressive and when he feels like getting to the rim, it's you can't stop him. And the more and more that we see of that and, you know, hopefully with him playing off ball with Tyrese and Davion, we can see him just literally get the ball 
run to the hoop. Like there's no need of no worry of having to set up people having to worry about others, people's games. Like, no, bro. Like this play is being ran, ran, ran for you. And then you get the ball and you attack the rim. And that's what the play is. So I think those two things could definitely lead to like a a whole new De'Aaron Fox that like, yes, like this fool is, is, uh, is legit. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And, and part of that, helping him become a better player will be his, his backcourt mate. And we don't know who's going to start just yet. That's going to be interesting. I don't know who's supposed to, who is supposed to speak to the media today uh, in the next half an hour, but I think it might be Luke Walton. They didn't say, but I'm interested to see if they do my, they, I mean the media, I mean, I'm not going to ask him. I don't want to get Luke mad at me out the gate, but um, who is, who is he eyeing in that, in that spot with Aaron Fox? And I know it started, people don't want to make a big deal about starting because it's about who finishes, but I think right now the consensus around the Kings uh, fandom would be Tyrese Halliburton should start at the two spot. So I ask you, Chris, Tyrese Halliburton, top three rookie of the year finalist. Are you buying, selling, are you holding on his stock for 2021? This is t- I mean, I'm definitely not selling, that's for sure. But uh, I'm considering holding. But if anything, I'm holding because if I could get a little stocky here, there's so many people buying Tyree stock that I think there's going to be a dip. And that's when I'll buy. You'll buy the um, dip. I just think... I'm not saying again, like, I don't think I'm not going to not buy Tyrese Halliburton's future stock. Um, I just think, you know, it's not I'm not as um, confident that he will take a massive leap uh, going into this second season. I just think he missed a lot of time in that first year. Yes, it was a very, very strange year for him to join the NBA. He didn't get a full training camp, didn't get, you know, like I think he was even saying in his media session, like last year I got drafted, got on a Zoom and then arrived here. And it was just me and Rico for like weeks. And then this summer he has just been working out with this team. They've still been working out with Rico, but it's all been together. He's, you know, Davion's been experiencing this and, um, you know, has, has been able to experience this since day one where, uh, as opposed to Tyrese, where, you know, he was working by himself. They're, they're now working with the team. So say all this to say, I, I just think he's going to have a couple uh, speed bumps heading into his second season. I think it's going to take some time for him to, uh, to, to figure out how to implement everything that he's trying to uh, learn this off season. Once the so- yeah. Once a sophomore slump hits, you're going to buy the dip, huh? Exactly. How do you feel? Because I, I, I really do think it's a case by case, like an individual basis on how people feel about Tyrese. Like, I don't think anybody is, is super conf or super, I shouldn't say super confident, but like anyone really knows everyone has a different barometer of where they see him being. What is, I think, next? I think expectations are super, super high for him right now, which people should temper a little bit because what he did, what he did last year, if he does that again, again. this year, I'm content with that. Mm-hmm. Almost 14 points a game and five assists, 40% from three. Dude, absolutely. And you're playing great defense. What more can you want uh, from, from a two guard? I, I'm going to hold as well. Um, I'm – I will be shocked if you regressed. I don't think that's going to be a possibility. I mean, I'll knock on wood. I hope not. Sorry, Tyrese. Yeah. If I jinx you. Uh, but also, the, the Kings still have Buddy Heald in the roster. They have a lot of mouths to feed offensively. I don't expect them to come out and be 
I don't expect him to come out and be a 20 point per game score. But that being said, I, I would not be surprised if he came out and averaged 15 plus a game. Uh, but again, I'm holding because he's a, a damn good player. Mm-hmm. He goes two ways defensively and offensively. Uh, his skill set just fits in any system. And the Kings having De'Aaron Fox a point guard. And if they want to play him off ball, which De'Aaron's talked about, Tyrese is more than capable of running the offense. He did it when De'Aaron was out for a bit. But I, I am excited to see what Tyrese can do this season. And yeah, like like you, Chris, if there's a sophomore slump, which could happen, I'm going to hop on. I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's something you just, you saying that just sparked this in my brain. And I can't remember the last time the Kings have been in this situation, but knock on wood extra like knock on every piece of wood that you have if De'Aaron Fox does go down for some time it's not like it's not shipwreck you know it's not like oh boy like we need to hope that we can I hope we can beat Cleveland tonight you know I hope we can beat OKC we then have Tyrese and Davion as very legitimate solid point guard options that you know, they it might be a different style of play, and I think we saw last season with the without De'Aaron, the Kings actually were able to play fairly well, or at least hold their head above water um, with Tyrese at point guard. And I can't remember the last time if the Kings star went out where the Kings would be like, you know, back in the day, if if Demarcus Cousins missed a game, like that's that's thirty points, fifteen rebounds, and six assists that you just have to find somewhere do, do you remember going to king's games back then like in 2010 oh, 11 yeah. 12 and, I, and you i went to maybe like 30 a year and, and you'd see the injury report come up on the on the jumbotron saying demarcus cousins was out and you just knew immediately yep. you got that it, it's over There's no hope like you said if De'Aaron fox goes out and again everyone knock on every wood of piece of wood every home, yeah um, every knock on trees outside yeah go go knock on a tree uh it's it's going to be fine because, again, the Kings, this is where we talked about their depth. If De'Aaron Fox goes down, Tyrese Halliburton can slide over play point guard. Buddy Heald is, is there for the two spot. You have Terrence Davis. If a two guard goes down, same thing. Terrence Davis, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, you have all of these options at the guard spots. Where it was last year, De'Aaron Fox goes out. You have Corey Joseph, who is not a starting point guard. And then you had a rookie who we was, at the moment, not really proven uh, Tyrese Halliburton when, when Fox went down earlier. So it, it's, it's, it's just really something that the Kings can use as, as a strong point. Um, and yeah, I think we're both holding it on Tyrese. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Oh, you know, what was interesting. Shout out. Um, I, I think it was, was it? Sorry. I just want to make sure I got, I shout out the right person here. Was it Omar? I believe it was Omar Khan of, uh, of uh, Kings Herald tweeted out that uh, Buddy Heald and Doug Christie both have played four and a half seasons for the Kings. That's incredible. When, when, which I did not expect Buddy Heald to, uh, to suit up another game for the Kings. He is one three pointer away from passing uh, Peja Stojakovic's all time. He's five shots away from passing Peja. I believe so. Yeah. He's a, I think he's, or was that for, let me see. Hold on. I remember uh, last season, Buddy was incredibly close to breaking Peja's three-point record. I believe it was the franchise record. Yeah, three-point field goals. He is one away from uh, from breaking Peja Stojakovic's all-time three-point field goals. 
uh, with uh, 1,071 three-point field goals. So, yeah, four and, four and a half, half years. You think about Doug Christie's time here and how he won how different players. I mean, yeah. He was all defensive all those years and, and on those winning teams. And you look at what Buddy's done, which other than being a three-point shooter and the three-point champion, there's not much to really hang your hat on. It's kind of crazy when you think about – same time. I don't yeah. know. Is that, it's more just, honestly, uh, yeah, it's crazy that Doug had such a huge impact in such a short time. I mean, Doug feels like one of those guys that was so instrumental to those teams that he was like, he, I mean, he really was. I mean, it's sad that our run was really that short. Honestly, Doug, Doug really is the run when you think about it. I mean, they had the, uh, the J will C web uh, 99 year, but once Doug got there, that was really Doug and Mike. They really just, just yeah. turned turn the dial up a little bit. Speaking of impact, one last uh, one last stock question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big one. Marvin Bagley, mm. are you bu- are you buying, selling, or standing firm? Again, this is a tough one. I'm not selling. That's for sure. Um, I guess I would buy for the opposite reason of, of Tyree or I guess similar logic of Tyree's of, I think so many people have just abandoned ship that there's just so much free stock that you can pick up. And it's really not, it's, it's just worth the flyer. Um, There's no reason besides nagging injuries that Marvin Bagley can't come out this season and impress everybody. Um, Obviously, defensively, it goes on and on how how he he can put in work to uh, to not just be such a liability on that end. But offensively, the dude is so talented. He's so young and like there's nothing that has really impeded his. You know, he hasn't had any major knee surgeries or anything like that. He's hurt his hand a couple times, but this guy has still been able to develop his game throughout time. He just hasn't been able to show it. Um, I can't imagine how frustrated he is. Um, it's obviously frustrating for all the fans, but you know, he he's, he's just so talented. Like there's no, there's, there's nothing but opportunity in front of him and he just has to take it. Um, so I got to buy stock. I can't, I holding it really doesn't do you much good. I think I'm hopping on that as well. I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying MB three stock. It, it's look, this is it. This is going to be it for Marvin Bagley, not just with the Kings, but this season could very well determine the rest of his career. It, it, it's it's that big because he's one good season away from getting a multi-year big, big money payout next summer. Uh, or he's a one missing the whole season season away from getting a training camp invite. It, it, it's he, he needs to put it together. And I'm saying the word need because he is too talented to be one of those guys that gets kind of left behind. And I don't think he's going to. I'm expecting Bagley to have uh, not quite the season that Kings fans envisioned when he was drafted. But I'm uh, I'm envisioning a season where Marvin Bagley plays in over 60 games and and averages over 15 points a game and averages over seven rebounds a game. He tops his career highs, uh, which isn't much. He's been 14 and seven across the board. but. Um, if the Kings are going to be successful, we say it again and again, Marvin Backley needs to be successful. So uh, I'm going to buy, I'm buying a make or break time. I think that he's going to prove this season. He can be a player. He's only 22 years old. 
he has time to figure it out, but it has to start the season. Otherwise he's going to be fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. And to your point too, I think a lot of people just straight up don't believe that Marvin is would will get paid if he plays well this season or, you know, whatever. Like, I think if you saying like, Oh yeah, Marvin's going to get a big payout. If he proves something this season, I think people are like, what? Like, are you serious? Like the dude has been hurt and hasn't proven anything. Look at Laurie marking it. Like, obviously it was a very tumultuous, not how his off season wanted to go. It took him a while to, to get where he uh, signed a contract eventually, but that full signed a four year, $67 million contract and really hasn't been good since his rookie year or his second year in the league. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's been hurt not as often as Marvin, but he's been hurt every season that he's played. Um so I, you know, people are people are very willing to throw money at a young guy with talent. Yeah. Uh, well, Otto Porter Chris, is another Christian, example. Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Yeah. He yeah, was a guy Christian who Wood ended up getting it, paid off of one good season. Takes one. Yep. And uh, you know, yeah, Mar- Marvin's got more than enough talent of all those guys. More talent than all those guys, and uh, he's like I said, he's going to have the opportunity. Uh, the Kings want him to succeed, kind of need him to succeed in some capacity, even if it's just to get dealt at the deadline. They're going to need him to show that he has value in the league. Um, and so, yeah, that'll that that to me is obvious. You know, is is the number one storyline for the Kings this season is what happens with Marvin Bagley and and his situation in total. I mean, it, it always ends up being the main storyline because it ends up inserting itself. But um, if Marvin plays and and he has a, a legitimate role with the team, which there's no reason why he won't like he's, he's going to have a very, very important season for his, for his career. Like this is going to be, this is a defining season. Like not, not always can you, uh, predetermine that a season is going to be something special for you, but this season has to be something that, that turn that is a story in Marvin Bagley's career. It's either the year that it's like, all right, this, this is really, really done. And this is sad or, you know, like this is the year that he, he showed something. Yeah. It's, I think it is, not officially, but I think it is the biggest storyline of the season right now because you, Davion Mitchell in his rookie season, sure. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, can playoffs, he maintain? Even, I would say even over making the play, like the playoffs is, I don't want to say it's a pipe dream, but it's kind of like if they play well, they'll make it. And if they don't, like there, there's really an equal, 50-50 chance of, of both sides happening, you know? like yeah, You might need one for the, the – yeah. The, one needs the other. They they both they both need one another. They, the Kings to make the playoffs need Marvin Bagley to to be successful, and it's very possible that Marvin Bagley to prove he's successful needs to make the playoffs uh, it, to help that narrative. So mm-hmm. Great point it's a though. it's a big storyline. It's a big storyline. No matter how you slice it, Marvin Bagley. This is make or break time. Uh, we could be sitting here a year from now saying Marvin Bagley. Wow, four years. 80 million, whatever the Kings gave him. That's great. After averaging 20 and eight, or we could say, Oh, well he got hurt and missed 70 games. And now he's on a training camp deal with the Lakers or something like that. Both could happen. So we'll see, but mm-hmm. yeah. Can I do uh we'll do one more buy, sell, hold. Where are you on Rashawn Holmes? 
I know obvious, that's probably not fair because he just signed his contract, but you know, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to hold. He just uh, had a career year. I think I'm holding probably the right move. If, if we're same with Terry Salberton, like if, if we get anything else or more out of them, mm-hmm. I'm over the moon. That's awesome. But if you can just do what you did last year, Mm-hmm. And the other guys around you can can like the Marvin Bagley's, the Buddy Heels can can do better. They, Buddy had kind of a down year. Those supporting role players, the bench can do more. We're gonna be fine. If Rashawn's gonna be thirteen and eight and be leading the league in field goal percentage or close at least, and picking up a block and a half a game, that's great. That's great. Let's round it out. How Harrison? Like how do you, I feel like Harrison's the only one that I would really think about selling. I, I, you, I think selling because it'd be, there's just no way, right? There's no way he can really, I mean, I shouldn't say there's no way he can improve his game, but I mean, he, he averaged career highs across the board last all year. He, all he could really do is again, like you're saying, like the, the best you're hoping for the best you're hoping for, I think is for him to replicate. And that would be incredible. Yeah. I'm, all be, you can really ask for him is consistency, I guess. That that could, because if, yeah. if he does it more often, you know, he still had some games where he would, you know, score nine points a game or whatever. I'm and, I'm uh, selling. I'm selling, but it's not like a, oh my god, Harrison Barnes is going to be bad. It's just if we're going off will these players mm-hmm. be out? No, I don't think he's going to outplay what he did last season because I don't think he's going to have to. Or I'm hoping he's mm. not going to have to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hope that the, the guys around him, Tyrese Halliburton, Terrence Davis, uh, even Mo Harkless coming off the bench, or they might have some lineups where Harkless plays three and Barnes plays four or or what have you, maybe flip-flop those. But um, he's not going to have to do as much because a lot of those big games, he was the second scoring option, I think, uh, behind De'Aaron Fox. This year, you have to hope that, that he's not. So... Only selling because I don't think he's going to average career highs mm-hmm. across the board again. That would take like a seventeen point per game season. Like that's that's kind of a lot to ask for. I uh, I was trying to look here. Was Buddy the highest paid player on the? Because I I always forget. I mean I shouldn't forget because his contract is far fairly massive. But Harrison is. Uh, a top three paid player on this rock. He was the second highest paid player on the team last year behind buddy. Uh, buddy is still ahead of him, but De'Aaron's extension kicks in this year. So uh, De'Aaron Fox rightfully. So is, is the uh, breadwinner on the team. Uh, yeah. Not that that stuff obviously really matters because, you know, it's not like Harrison or, you know, De'Aaron Fox hates Harrison Barnes because he makes more money. Than <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just important for, uh, you know, if you're going to be paying a guy $20 million, um, they should probably have some significant impact on uh, your roster. No. Just because I you think, can allocate that money better. I think it's that's kind of been a big key point with the Buddy Heald being mm-hmm. traded this offseason. It was, okay, we'll get Kuzma and Montrez Harrell for the price of Buddy Heald. That would have been cool, but mm-hmm. didn't happen. If Buddy Heels him on the roster, he needs to produce. He had, for his standards, he had a down year last year, thirty nine percent from three point. That's not ideal. He did do a lot of better things. Well, yeah, I guess Buddy Heel. Are you buying, buying, selling? I, I was holding? just not going to do him just because we a we don't really know if he's going to. We still don't know officially if he's going to be on. I mean, obviously, media day is around the corner, but. Um, you know, we, we just don't know how long he'll be on the team. Um, I would probably sell again um, just because 
Buddy's got a pretty big green light here. Uh, I can't imagine him going somewhere else and having more of a green light. Maybe he'll do, you know, if he were traded to the Lakers, he would probably not ever score 20 points a game. Uh, that that's, seems like a lot for him. But uh, he would probably be very, very efficient. I'd imagine he'd get a lot better looks from threes on a better team. But I can't imagine him going somewhere and uh, having an opportunity to a play as much because that was also a big sticking point with Buddy was he wanted to finish games, and uh, I don't I don't know how many places would give him a definite role in their closing lineups. I'm not saying he couldn't, you know, if in the right situation if he's got it going, but um, he's got a pretty good situation here. So I I, can, I don't know if he can go somewhere else and and get that same kind of yeah. love. Buddy love, if, if you will. If oh, hey, if he would just embrace the bench role, I think he would be one of like the the bigger weapons in the NBA yes. off the bench, and he just won't embrace it. Or he hasn't. Maybe he will this season. Maybe it'll change. Maybe the do whatever I'll have to do for the team mentality will finally approach him. That 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 I don't know. It's just uh, it, it is weird how he just had such a problem with coming off the bench when he could make a career out of that. He could be around for, you know, JJ Redick. You know, he started for a lot of his career, but uh, JJ Redick, who just retired, he, at the end of his career, he was making, making a living off, come off the bench and being a knockdown guy. Lou Williams. I mean, not nearly the ball handler Lou Williams is, but if he wants to come in and just be in a microwave like that and let it fly, brand, he can, buddy yield when hot can put up 30 point games easy, but the beauty of bringing him off the bench and not having him start is in the games where he's not feeling it, which he was pretty damn streaky, especially at the start of last season. Uh, if he's not feeling it, you don't feel, I mean, not even feel the need. He's If he's not your starter, you just don't, you don't play him in the closing lineups that day. You, you only play him 20 minutes that day. But whereas if he's the starter, it's a little bit more difficult of a conversation to have if you're going to take him out in the closing minute. And then because he, he's not playing well, but then well, throw him in the starting lineup. That's a good, that's an interesting point though, because he is streaky and some nights he just has it and he's, in, he's in a microwave, he's inferno. Yeah. Maybe Luke Walton does opt to start buddy heel because of that. Maybe you want to see if he has it tonight. And if he doesn't, he's probably not going to be on the floor for the end of the game anyway. Cause if you have Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell defense has to be in late, but he's probably not going to be in that many closing lineups unless he's absolutely feeling it. Unless they're trailing. I mean, let me rephrase that. If the Kings have the lead late, you're probably not going to have buddy healed. And if the Kings are no. trailing, you can see a difference and we need some shots. That's an excellent point. Buddy's coming in. But maybe Luke goes that approach. Yeah, it's an it would be an interesting conversation for Luke to have with Buddy to tell him he's coming off the bench. Obviously, that's Luke's job. He's got to do it if that's what he feels right. But, you know, Buddy's Buddy's skill, his elite skill of shooting. Um, and you know, he doesn't, he, we, we, we probably pigeonhole buddy a little bit more than we should. He he's, he's very, very like, you're not going to find a player who runs around the court more than buddy healed does and tires out his defender. Um, he is, he, you know, he's never going to stop moving regardless of whether it's him breaking down terribly defensively. It's because he's running out there. So, so fast, um, and carefree. But, um, what am I saying all this for? Um, Oh, because 
Buddy's got the tenure, you know, he, he's been, he's a respected guy. I don't know if he's respected in the league, but he's, he's, he's put up points that suggest he is a starter. Tyrese is yes, very promising. And when he's on the court, no doubt the team is better. Um, but has Ty, you know, Tyrese didn't play a full rookie season. If Tyrese has really improved, I think, you know, it'll be an easier conversation to be like, this guy's just better than you right now. But I don't know if Tyrese Halliburton, young Tyrese Halliburton is, is a better player than Buddy Heald right now. Like Buddy can for sure come in and do things. Like I said, I don't know if Tyrese is going to come in and hit that sophomore slump where he's trying to figure out how to implement these new things that he's, he's trying to add to his game. That might, you know, that might slow down the team a little bit. Is that something you considered at least at the start of the season, maybe also, if you're trying to build Buddy Hill's trade value, starting him, getting him some good some good games in early probably goes a long way. Yeah, it, it's going to be a very, very interesting approach, and I'm intrigued to see what Walton does. Again, this but... is why we, want, they, we need them to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just talking into the, into the universe. This is why we need them to, to play, but uh, yeah, that was fun. Training camp starts next, next week. week. Next week. So the next time we record, we'll have some actual – some sound bites from training Might camp be after and, media day. Yeah. Yeah. Or, we'll see. Uh, stuff media day next, maybe. next time we record, we'll be a couple days away from the first, the first preseason game. So mm, we're done. Wait. This is our last like scrounging to find out what we're doing podcast. It's been tough to all of you that have been listening and, and coming through it. Hey, we're new to it. We're learning how to, to deal with off season yeah, stuff. This was our first off season, like of going rough. Every week, and uh, it was tough. It was not it's easy. Tough. Shout out, I Matt some... George, for doing it every day. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I don't, I don't even understand how he does that. I mean, it, it's, I'm sure he does a great job too. I mean, he, I mean, he does do a great job, but it's just, it's tough. So th- those who out there appreciate what that man does, and and what others do to create content during a, a bleach. They freaking well, they're, they're taking a shout out. They're taking uh, yeah. a break. Much needed, man, because they were working harder than anybody else. They were doing more shows than shout out all the on air talent everywhere, all throughout SAC, like doing their daily stuff. But like, yeah, do some mode doing their anytime, anywhere streams. They deserve a break. <laughs> Speaking of break, let's break. Yeah, let's break. This is uh, this has been a good episode. I'm I'm very surprised that we were able to squeeze 55 minutes out of this. Um and uh yeah i hope you all enjoyed it again like we're going to be back next week uh where me and frank are going to be at media day on monday hopefully we'll have something to talk about from then uh preseason's right around the corner everybody do yourself a favor this episode is coming out on thursday the 23rd watch WNBA playoffs start tonight uh phoenix mercury against new york liberty and I think what's the other game? There's another game on uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas against Dallas is playing somebody that I'm pretty sure they're going to lose to. I can't remember who it was, um, but yes, watch WNBA playoffs. They are amazing. There's a bunch. They have to, they like reseed after each week or after each. Uh, Dallas plays Chicago. Dallas plays Chicago. Chicago. That's Candace Parker, uh, Courtney Vandersloot. Chicago's nasty. Um, yes, watch WNBA playoffs. They're super fun, especially yeah. like 
if, if you can't get it until later in the playoffs too, like the conference finals and the finals are the funnest times. So yep. do yourself a favor, please. I know, it was a lot, a lot of fun watching that during the bubble last year too. So make sure you guys check that out. Basketball, Wubble. the Wubble, the Wubble. Basketball's back. Uh, death, yeah. to the off, death to the off season. Death no more. Goodbye. Not Minnesota. I'm, I'm over it. I'm over these. Right. It's, it's been, I'm happy we made it through this podcast too. I'm just tired of talking about this offseason stuff. I want some <laughs> some actual substance here. So if anyone's out there saying like, "Oh my god, these guys are talking about this again," it's like, "Hey, we we, I'm with you. I'm tired of talking about this stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about the real stuff." So thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate it. Like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, uh, and bye bye. <laughs>